Live. Live on. Live on set. And welcome to another episode of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. Bringing the family back, getting his fourth appearance on the show. His fourth appearance on Live on Set. My cousin, my best friend, making round four on set with me, Brendan Kehoe. Brendan, welcome back. Hey, what's going on? Good to be back. Love it, love Um, it, love it. I know I'm just uh, filling in because Timberlake had to, you know, reschedule again, but happy to be here. You know, he's a busy guy, but no, this is this is the episode that needs to happen, needs to happen now. And uh, JT, you know, we'll get him on when we can get him on. But no, just following in similar fashion from all the episodes so far, we are at the halfway point of season three of Live On Set. This will be episode 44, so your fourth appearance uh, every 11, I guess, for those uh, who are the mathematic nuts at home. But uh, no, thanks so much for coming back. And, and like I said earlier, with similar fashion uh, so far with the podcast in general, we could do a movie episode, we could do a music episode of sports, a TV episode, but we have not had a solo sports episode so far uh, for season three. So I, when I was trying to figure out what I could do, we talk every day on the phone and we were talking before that I literally could just record our conversations and that would have so much content but we'll do it for real, I guess. So no, we've talked about so many things so far with your first three appearances, sports being a big part of those as well. And a little bit of uh, uh, movies and stuff with, with your brother, Ryan and my cousin, Ryan, but no, we're going to talk sports today. And we were talking around before we were zooming and I guess we'll view a little bit, I guess the first half of the episode of kind of like a oil change tire rotation situation. And we're going to talk about the thing that I respect in regards to sports, your opinion, the most on, and that is college football. And let's start there. So our, yeah, let's get into it. our, our teams that we follow and are following the most is, is religious would be an understatement are Florida for me, the Gators and Florida state for you. And we are not having the season from a fan standpoint. Uh, we are not having the season that we want to have, but Let's go with FSU first. I've watched um, a good amount of their games. I know you have as well. So we'll start there and we'll go from there. Okay. I was not expecting you to bring me on the show just to body slam me by making me talk about Florida State football (laughs) off the bat. First of all, I don't recognize the month of September this year. The football season started the first week of October. Florida State's undefeated right now (laughs) um, and rolling. But no, they got a long way to go. Obviously, not in any sort of playoff picture uh i crunched the numbers bowl eligibility still on the table we'll see there you go shooting for the gasparilla bowl or something something like that that'd be great mike norvell it'll be interesting uh they've already for whatever reason he's got a longer lease than willie and there's not exactly a he's brought in all these four-star quarterbacks we've yet to see one of them be particularly good obviously this year has been milton and another transfer who came in a year earlier, who wasn't there with Norvell, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. If they beat Clemson, just screw it. They can go four and eight and I don't care. Like that's all I'm about right now. And then obviously the Gators will be icing on the cake. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Notre Dame game at the beginning of the year was, was a great game to watch Milton coming in and having a chance down the stretch. 
but you've had a really good month and beat Carolina, probably your, I would assume your second favorite ACC team, but a, a team that you grew up watching, of course, and, and, and us watching them together as well. But I think right now for, for Florida state, there's a lot of frustration from, from a fan standpoint. And I'm, I'm right there with you with <clears throat> kind of like where things stand in Gainesville. I think that um, for, for anyone that is a fan of the Gators, I know that they're, um, is a lot to maybe look forward to, but also what kind of outweighs that I think is the things that just there's some change that's needed. Defense is a problem. We have an issue stopping the run, which is very bad. And for any team. And um, I, I think that we need to make some changes in the off season. If not, I think the captain of the ship's going to be in trouble. So I think our defensive coordinator needs to go. I think Dan Wall needs to make that, make that change. I don't know if there's someone else out there, some sort of hot shot that might not have, not have a uh, defensive coordinator job that Mullen either has a relationship with or can bring in an outside guy to make it work. Does Charlie Strong come back? But if, if we keep Grantham another year and it gets worse as as he has progressed over the past two seasons, I think Mullen's going to lose his job. Um, not this year, but at the end of next year, if it's a bad year and they keep Grantham and Mullen says he's not the problem, then I think they're going to clean house. And uh, I think the thing that's the most upsetting is we – have not i mean it's it, it, it's a consistency thing but like you said if, if florida state beats clemson you don't care if we beat georgia i do not care and <laughs> let, me, let me let me get this is now turned to the safe state the the safe space portion of the show i won't care about anything anymore <laughs> uh georgia looks incredible um either jt daniels or or, or stenson bennett or not i mean they look fantastic uh, the number one in the country right now for a reason, but we're, we got a bye week this week. This will come out the the last Monday of October. Uh, but it is the biggest cocktail party in the world or whatever they call the Florida Georgia game in Jacksonville. Uh, it's time to shock the world. The Gators are four and three. We'll probably lose, but if we win, there will be no one happier in the world than myself. Well, I'm surprised with the, uh, you think Dan Mullen could ever be in trouble or not ever, but like soon, not this season. Not this season, unless he, God, let me think. We have Georgia, we have Missouri, we have Samford, we have South Carolina, and we have Florida State. He's just such a big improvement on the last two coaches. Oh, know. yeah, yeah, for sure. Someone out there that's really, you know, that hot of a candidate, but. Right. I don't know. I don't think you have too much to worry about. The Gators are in a pretty good spot. I mean, overall talent-wise, I mean. Who are the losses? I mean, they have at least one dud. K- Kentucky, LSU, and LSU's a dud. I mean, and, LSU's and Bama. shambles. But right. Kentucky's like, I don't know, best year in the program's history or whatever the hell they're doing right now. But yeah, for sure. But I wouldn't worry too much. I mean, so you start going five and seven a couple years in a row, then come talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I mean it's 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 worrisome. I think that the losses that Florida had last year with LSU and Texas A&M and Bama, and then we lost bad to Oklahoma in the bowl game. We, we definitely played up to the talent level that Alabama has when they played in Gainesville. Uh, I am a little worried about just defense in general. I think offense is, has not been the most consistent thing, but it, it has not been the worst offense that we've had the past couple of years. I know last year with Trask is the best we've had since Tebow, which – was fun to watch, but we lost some games we should have won. But I think overall, 
I don't know. I like, I, I try to be optimistic because I know that Dan Mullen is our guy. I just think there has to be a change on defense or, or people are going to be on, 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 on the hot seat. Is Todd Grantham not, I know he's kind of like an ass, but is he just not crazy enough to be a good defensive coordinator? I think that he has like a fiery side that we, we see a little bit on the sideline. I'm sure at practice, he's got a different, different sort of vibe. But he is the opposite of Muschamp, and Muschamp's defense was incredible. I mean, there's a track record. Venables, Kirby Smart. Yeah, I don't know. For shows sure. on down the line. For sure. And, and Grant- Steve Belichick's doing with those weird faces he's making in the NFL. I mean, he's got to be a bit of a psycho. Right. He's, and they're doing it right. The crazy thing is when, when the Bengals, when Marvin Lewis left, and, and before they brought in Zach Taylor, like one of the finalists for the job was Grantham. Like, the defense, which he inherited, he had the opportunity to leave. And I, I'm not going to say if he did that, what what the status of the defense would be now. But I, I just think that it's, we're getting to the point now where we're, we lost a, like a four or five-star linebacker recruit yesterday. And I just think that's going to continue to tally up. And and um, there's definitely some some injuries on defense that we lost people before the season started that are continuing to be an issue. But I think they're going to shut people down if we continue to lose. Uh, and that's just going to be just a yucky, just not great way to end the year. But I know that might have started the episode out on a negative note for, for bringing in the safe space element of the show really quickly, actually. Honestly, it could not have been any quicker. But there are a lot of surprises so far. I think the big first surprise of of the college football year, I mean, not including, I think week one with, with Clemson and, and, and Georgia, that close game and Clemson losing, but the biggest kind of like second biggest at the time, like top 10 matchup that we got to watch together was Oregon, Ohio state and Oregon won. And we're like, okay, this is Oregon. This is great as Ohio state. They don't have Justin Fields anymore. What is that going to be like? And then two weeks down the line, three weeks down the line, then Oregon loses as well. So a lot of teams have one loss. A lot of teams are undefeated that are in the top four for the first time, really kind of ever like Cincinnati, but what, what, are, what are your thoughts overall with, with how this college football season has gone? And, and, and then we'll get into some predictions. Okay. Well, putting the Florida state still sucks aside. It's obviously one of the best seasons in a while, as far as the pandemonium, unfortunately, there's almost too much to where it's brought Oklahoma and Ohio state back to, you know, likely playoff teams, right. at least Clemson's obviously not making it. Alabama's at least their worst chance of making it in a long time at this point in the season. But I think it's great. I think it's going to be great. I think it's great. Awesome that Cincinnati is hanging in here, but to make it perfect, they need to lose so that they're not actually in the playoff and ruin it. Right. You still don't want them, you know, to be a part of it, but I don't know. There's some great characters this year, loving the Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral situation at Ole Miss, the, true freshman who's stealing the Oklahoma job from the Heisman trophy favorite is one of the best stories in a while. Yeah. Shout out Gonzaga high school. A lot of Kehoe's rolled through there. Caleb Amen. Williams is alma mater, but um, uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on. I mean, Pac-12 after dark still around. We got Maction coming up in a of week. Of course. Just get fired <laughs> up. Let's go. Where to, do you think, the one team that's kind of lingering kind of in in the dark right now that has had some close calls has to be Michigan. Haven't lost yet. They got some big games coming up. If anyone needs a good year right now, just to kind of get the, maybe the dedicated fan base off his back a little bit, even though the 
they don't have a, be- a better option to replace him would be Harbaugh at Michigan. I mean, the world <laughs> Ann Arbor is going to, going to lose its mind if they beat Ohio state and, and no one will be happier than Harbaugh, obviously. But I, I think you're right. I think that Ohio state and, and Oklahoma are kind of back in the mix and, and, and Rattler going down and, and Caleb Williams coming in and just the production and the performance that he's had so far has just been like, there's no lull in production there. He's not like replacing the phenom who got hurt and doesn't have what it takes. Like Caleb Williams is good and he's doing better. Yeah. He's doing way. better. And, and, and I love what you said about Kiffin and Matt Corral Corral, a little salty. We have a little beef because he, he committed to Florida originally and moved on, but he's the bottom line is Ole Miss. Anything Lane Kiffin related is fun to watch, but the Matt Corral offense fun to watch. Oh yeah. And, and I look forward to see kind of like how their season ends. I know they got, they got, they, they lost to Alabama, but, and then the close game against, I think it was Arkansas, but the bottom line is, is like, they look good. And um, I didn't see much of the Ole Miss Tennessee game, but I have watched a good amount of their games this season. And it's just another team that I'm glad that we Florida played them last year and didn't have to play them this year. They definitely put the pressure on. It was the Gators first game last year, but it, it, it was a game that if we played them later in the season, or if they had the ball last, last year, Florida would have lost that game too. So, um, but no, this, this, I, I love what you said, because this, this season has, there's been a lot of pandemonium, which is great, which is always a good thing in general, but this season is, is really kind of, I don't want to say like, unlike any other, because there are going to be some teams that are going to be in the playoff that have been to the playoff before, but Notre Dame's not going to make it. Clemson's not going to make it. Uh, if hypothetically, if Georgia, if Florida were to beat Georgia and then Alabama and Georgia face off and they both won loss, one of them is not getting in. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I think if, if Cincinnati loses one time, they are for sure out, but if they went out, they might not finish two. I could see them being three or four. I have a hard time believing that they won't get in if other teams have lost, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Michigan gets in. Yeah, it feels like we're moving maybe towards the first year where a two-loss team might have to get in. The yeah. Big Ten East is about to start kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. Uh, with four teams in the top ten, obviously Michigan State, no one in their right mind actually believes they're that good or anything. But right, those teams are going to start dropping like flies. Obviously, like the Michigan State thing, no one really believes anybody in the Pac-12 is climbing back into this thing. Right. Or even Oregon, too. Got to go face their old boss, Chip Kelly, this weekend. Or I guess it will be passed now. But Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I was trying to go through who I felt good about. The only two teams I feel good about now making it are Georgia and Oklahoma now with Caleb Williams. Alabama's scenario pretty much comes down to they've got to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. There's no other way they can get in. They're not losing their second game right before the playoff and getting in. Right. But it'll be interesting. And the ACC, unfortunately... I don't have a ton of hope in Wake Forest and Pittsburgh to really <laughs> carry the flag. Right. You know, it, it'll be, we're, we're getting to the point now where we have, when, when this episode comes out, we'll have the last weekend, all those games, the last Halloween weekend. And then that, that last big chunk of, of November and really kind of see how it goes. I, I think that I wonder if, cause I know that when we were younger, LSU played and won the national championship and they were a two loss team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if it's a two loss team, what two loss team gets in and what kind of has to happen. Like Iowa it, 
and Penn State have both been in the top four so far this season. Both of them have lost games. It would be really interesting to see because in that in that in that situation, someone's going to have to get in that's not a conference champion, right? Was that would right. that make sense? Yeah. So um, well, they don't have to, but it's most right, likely. Right. 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 But yeah, I mean, I think all I will definitely say that as growing up a Gator fan. I don't really have anything big against FSU. There's a number of FSU games that I've watched and and I have no issue like rooting for them. I have the same thing with Miami. I'm like, no, no beef, whatever. Not a Georgia fan, not a Tennessee fan at all. Zero at all. And it, I don't want to say it takes a lot of me to, to own up to the fact that Georgia is good, but Georgia, I've watched them and I've watched a lot of other teams. I think they're by far the best team in college football. And I think the record reflects that. And I think if Florida were to beat them, it would be a one score game, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Georgia wins by four, like four touchdowns. Does like we can't, we can't, we can't stop the run and their offense is automatic and it's just going to be bad. Yeah. Well, they only have to get to 28 to beat you by four touchdowns because there's a chance that Emory Jones doesn't cross the line of scrimmage. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, they're nasty. They're enormous. Shout out to James cook. Yeah. Dalvin's brother, obviously. Course. Still doing it. That was a previous – you talked earlier about Corral going to Florida – or was supposed to go to Florida. Same thing with James Cook to FSU. Yep. That's a sad one. We'll probably be in the playoff picture, you know. Oh, of course. I mean, he's, it's, it, these are, these are program-defining players, man. There's no, there's no doubt about <laughs> it. But, yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot. I, I think that when we can kind of look back and do like a year in review, we're going to see some things overall, maybe some crazy things that haven't happened yet. We're really just kind of getting the first impressions of what Caleb Williams Caleb Williams can do. But when we talk those impact players, obviously the, the biggest award in college football from an individual standpoint is the Heisman. So do you have any any maybe guess or prediction? I know that with our family, you mentioned Devontae Smith last year, and I was like, there's no way, and you were right. Uh, <laughs> and I think last year when, when you made your live onset debut, I said Bo Nix because of the fact that there's if, if one good team could have their quarterback returning and it be something that they didn't have to worry about and had a really good year prior. That's why I picked Bonex. And I was wrong. Very and 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 then you picked did you pick I think you picked Sam Erlinger or oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. but now that we're the season has not just started, but we're getting close to that halfway point. Uh, who is your Heisman prediction? Um, I would take Corral. Um, solely kind of – so Bryce Young is obviously right there, but Matt Corral is going to kill him statistic-wise and yeah. with not as much around him. And then Alabama isn't going 12-0, and and they easily could be a 10-2. and And as long as Ole Miss is, you know, not some crazy – doesn't really fall off a cliff here, I think Corral is going to end up pulling away with it. Um, and then some long shot of your people. Uh, one of my favorite players is your B. John Robinson, my guy at Texas. Sure, Texas is all around numbers gonna be crazy, and he's an absolute horse. Um, but other than that, I mean, I know some people, some people, well, I shouldn't say some people, just call him out. Kirk Herbstreit calling you out about <laughs> Caleb Williams maybe winning the Heisman from only playing half the season. If he could pull them into the playoff, that's not happening. And then one guy that all the football nerds like is the Liberty quarterback that apparently he's having such an amazing season. 
just get him out of here. But yeah, uh, I don't know. It's not not exactly. The problem is, is there's not enough teams with amazing records that we all think that there's, you know, amazing candidates. We're all honing in on just, it seems like fewer and fewer people than usual. Right. Yeah, no, well put. And, and Corral's on my list as well. I, I think another person that we both would have loved to see have a really good year and maybe get a finalist position would have been Sam Howell. Uh, but they've lost some games and and hopefully at one point soon, he'll be have the opportunity to play on Sundays. But uh, that Liberty guy, I know, is also like a big NFL prospect kind of as well kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see what the deal is with him and if the hype is real or not. But I mean, well, at his level of competition, if you just see him standing out there, he looks like Patrick Willis playing quarterback, <laughs> like an absolute monster. Yeah. And so there's some stuff to like, but it's like you're never going to win the Heisman Trophy. at Liberty. Right, right. right. When you think like Heisman, you think the big plays, you think the big numbers and like RG three, he lost a couple of games and he still won the Heisman and Corral's only lost once. And I just think like stats wise, I think you're really, I think you, you, you got it right when you described him. I just think like his stats at the end of the day are going to be better than a lot of people. And if maybe if like Stenson Bennett played the entire year, cause he didn't start the year. So, I mean, if it does go down to Georgia, like maybe he has the opportunity to be a finalist. I don't see him winning, but I think it's going to be Corral unless they lose another game or so. And I know Corral isn't like 100% healthy. They were talking about Kiffin saying hopefully he'll be good to go. But um, I, I have a hard time feeling like if, if he's like he's going to play, basically, is what I'm getting at. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, not Bo Nix. I'm going to go Matt Corral. I like that. I like that pick. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tag on that. Yeah. And it's like for all those big 10 teams that are ranked so high, it's like, who's the individual? Everyone would default to the Ohio State quarterback, but it's just like, what has right. he really shown to date? Right. So Right. Uh, but no, always fun talking college football. Uh, I think that it's just at, where we're at currently towards the end of October, right? It's, it's a really exciting time. There's a lot of things that are starting. Um, I know the NFL started like a week or two after the, the week zero matchups, obviously, uh, in college football. But uh, the, the NFL right now is, I mean, I feel like I, it's, it's not, it's, it really hasn't been in a bad place the past couple of years. I, I think the, it's, it's fun to watch. I'm not a big NFL person, but I do enjoy watching uh, the NFL. I don't have a favorite team or anything. Um, I, I was following the Browns for a little bit. The Historically, the Browns are very similar to the teams that I played on growing up. We would never win anything. Uh, but when, like, and, and this, this Browns team, I think is fun. They, they were recording this on a Thursday. They played tonight, but Baker's out. Uh, but Hulu's got live sports, so he'll. I'm sure there'll be commercials of him during the game, but he won't be actually playing. So Case Keenum is out there tonight. But NFL, let's talk NFL for a second. Um, how, how do you feel? And then we'll 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 talk our Braves. NFL. Well, my team isn't good enough to bring up, so we're just gonna move on past. Sure. Uh, NFL's been just down for me in general. There's not that many teams that I find very interesting, but living. Over here, St. Petersburg, Bay Area. It's at least fun that the Bucks are good. I know everyone over here would just be shocked if they didn't go back to back. I feel like there's a there's a sense that every season Tom Brady's on the team that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Right, just kind of the general air. Right, but um, 
I mean, that's most of it for me. It really sucks that the Dallas Cowboys are good. That just pisses me off. And other than that, Dalvin Cook's hurt. It's like, what's even the point of this? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, th- there is a lot of hype in Tampa right now. They're fun to watch. Um, hopefully, just like Mike Evans can stay healthy. And and I know they had some some issues on the defensive side with some injuries. But um, Tom Brady's got the boy. Tom has the boys on the move. Which, which is good for uh, the area that you're living in. But I think NFL right now, I think like from an NFL league standpoint, if the Cowboys are good, the NFL is happy. But like that division, I have a hard time convincing myself that the Cowboys don't win that division. I think a lot of that uh, relies on the, the health of Dak. But I don't know. Like I, I do like watching the Cowboys. I think they're fun to watch. I like Dak a lot. Uh, but the one team right now that's playing well, not just well, but it's the only undefeated team in the NFL is the Arizona Cardinals. So I, I think Kyler's on that list of, of potential MVP candidates. I think that he is, is in a situation where that division, which, which is a tough division, uh, they're, they're obviously in first place. It'll be interesting to see how long they can keep it up. And if, if they can finally, I mean, they, they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers when we were younger, but it'll be interesting if they can kind of go on a run here and take advantage of, especially the Seahawks that are going to be without Russell Wilson for like another month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the two most interesting teams, just from like a neutral perspective this year, Arizona, definitely has got a lot going on. Love me some Deandre Hopkins and Kyler's, you know, electric and all that. Right. Um, and shout out to Cliff Kingsbury, Texas tech. Did you wrong? Right. Um, and then the other team is the Rams right now. There's no one happier in the world than Matthew Stafford. Right. One, doesn't live in Detroit anymore. Two, plays for an awesome head coach with Cooper Cup on his team now. That offense is electric. He's electric. But, yeah. NFC West is pretty tough this year. Yeah. It was a good year for Russ to get hurt. Take the year off, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And the you're right. The, Ram, the Rams are definitely fun to watch. And I'm a big Stafford guy as well. Uh, he's someone who we like, we like to like go back and forth on. Like if, if, if AJ green, can they like with the Georgia connection now he's, he's on the Cardinals. Like if AJ green didn't have Andy Dalton for a while. Right. And then if, if no disrespect to like Stafford, cause he's great. But like if, if Calvin Johnson had like had another quarterback or things like that, people of like that caliber and if Julio Jones has same thing with like Matt Ryan. Right. So all those guys have changed teams. And, and I, I think with how the NFL is, is, is playing out right now, there's, there's a lot of, of teams right now that made little changes that I think are, are clearly benefiting now. It'll be interesting to see if it kind of benefits like for them in the, in the long run. So whether it's whoever wins that division uh, with, with the Rams and the Cardinals, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I know an NFL player that we like talking about here and there, I know you're a fan of him, is, is Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Packers – as currently constructed are good enough to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. I didn't know if you were going to go big picture, little picture there with Aaron Rodgers. I guess to find this year. Sure. Yeah. I guess this year. Right. And and I also don't think this is going to be his last year in the NFL. It could be his last year in green Bay, but I don't think it's going to be last year in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. No, Um, they're not good enough to probably win this. I mean, sure. Anything can go on a run. Joe Flacco won a friggin' Super Bowl. Sure. Amen. Uh, which not comparing Aaron to Joe Flacco, but you know, if you get in there, you get hot, who knows, but right. 
they can't be considered on the same level as Tampa. Those two teams we mentioned out West, I mean, they're at least as good as the Cowboys, if not maybe a little better, but yeah. they're not, and they're not rolling in with any of the, with the buy. So yeah, you know, four games for them would be tough in the playoffs. Yeah. The defense is giving up 35 plus in one of them and they're losing. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I think like they're not going to have to worry. I mean, as of now, unless things kind of turn around for San Francisco, I think they've got some injuries. I think that I think Trey Lance overall will be good for them down the line. But the the, the health of Garoppolo, he's going to end up going somewhere else. I think the Kirk Cousins, I've said this a thousand times, Kirk Cousins is not going to be in Minnesota much longer. Uh, I feel bad for Jared Goff because I thought like, it just wasn't working with the Rams last year. I know we, we talked about Jared Goff a little bit, but the Lions had they had not won yet, right? No. And and uh, which is not great. Um, but it'll be interesting, really, just kind of even at the end of November, like a, five weeks, like a month from now, like what the status of the league is going to be like. Are, are the are, are the um, not the Chargers? I mean, Herbert's fun to watch too. So just say just to say it, I guess. But to see if the Cardinals can keep it up, if if they have clearly identified teams all throughout the league of like, these are the teams to beat in the division and really kind of kind of get closer to uh, what that playoff push is going to look like, but kind of flipping it on the other side of things are, are things that are just kind of uh, beginning uh, with the NBA. Cause I saw that poster behind you and, and we said it before the episode started, but I'm saying it for the record, the name of this episode will be called licensed jam. And uh, because of the, the poster behind you, uh, but let's talk magic for a second. I know that it's the NBA team that we talk about the most. Uh, we did lose opening night at uh, San Antonio, but we'll be home for the Knicks. And then we play them again two days later in, in New York, and then we're back home again. So how, what would you describe the current state of the magic and, and, and what are your expectations? Current state of the magic. They've played one game. They're in dead last. So I would describe them as dead last. <laughs> expectations very similar dead last or close no the whole season probably not dead last i mean they were missing about half the team last night not that they're a good team anyway but they got some pieces they got a bunch of obviously a ton of young guys interesting moving forward jonathan isaac i mean wrap the guy in some bubble wrap and get him back out there yeah but um i mean extending wendell carter was nice decent deal yeah but it all really hinges on whether jalen suggs and the guy we get next year become all-star, I guess. Yeah. No, I, I was talking, my my friend was asking me about like Wendell Carter and 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 what I thought. And when when it comes to the pieces that we have on the team post uh trade deadline last year, which is one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I really just kind of like look back and think, okay, what pieces do we currently have? Right. But then also what can we take? And, and when we begin this new era of magic basketball, like what can we take and move forward and, and, and kind of have that stands out amongst other teams. And I, I think there are some core members of our team right now. Some people that did, that did not play last night, some people that did play a little bit last night, but if you look at Wendell Carter, he was the him and, and RJ Hampton, the two, like players that we did get back for, for the trades that will hopefully be a part of the magic's long-term plans. No offense to Gary Harris, but 
when you, when you look at at RJ and the and and I think the strides that he made from really having little to no playing time, and and not to say that he would have gotten a little bit more playing time because Jamal Murray got hurt after he had been traded, but when it comes to RJ Hampton specifically in regards to the Magic is. I think that he got like a new fresh start and he got it sooner than really anyone who can ever have the opportunity to when it comes to the NBA. He got traded during his rookie season and he's really kind of starting over. And there's so many people that are rookies or like in their first or second year right now that are kind of getting a start in Orlando. And it'll be really interesting to kind of see what this team looks like a couple of years down the line. But with Jonathan Isaac kind of being our most valuable guy, he's not out there yet. Uh, but Wendell Carter is, I think, is going to be a big part of it as well. The four years, $50 million, it's starting with 14-something this year and then decreasing uh, each year for the remainder of that deal, I think is great. And, and I think the one thing is like we extended this guy and Wendell Carter and a year or two into that, we could realize that this was a steal and he could be worth double that or anyone making $10 million on a team right now is clearly not going to be the highest paid person on that team. He'll be easy to move or it won't be that big of a deal. But I think it's an exciting time. I think it'll be a tough, tough season uh, in regards to expectations of what things are going to be like, but I can't wait to see uh, like Markel and Jalen Suggs and Chumo Kiki and Isaac and Carter be on the floor together. Uh, Mobamba played well last night. Uh, Robin Lopez is one of the funniest people that's ever played in the NBA. Uh, but I, there's a lot of youth there and I think there's a lot of promise that's ahead, but I, I just think like, this is the beginning of a long process and it's what a rebuild is. And, and that's what we're going through. Yeah. You had a good point about RJ Hampton there with the, with the trade happening as rookie season, just a completely different, you know, change of change of scenery, not just, you know, Rocky mountains to central Florida, but like you're going from a team that's like, every time you're out there, every time you touch the ball, it's like, do not blow this for us we're really good to coming to Orlando where it's like, you do you, you know, we're going to figure out what you can, what you can do, what you can't do. If you right. go over 12 tonight, screw it. Right. Know. Right. Right. Cause if but, we win, um, cause if we win, we're still getting 50% off our pizza. So people yeah, are still winning. Papa if you John don't play still well, hands them out. Right. 50% off no matter what. Um, right. Right. But, and then also shout out. I didn't mention the first go around, but Chuma Kiki is the, the swing man, both on the team and of the franchise. Like, oh yeah. What he can maybe become versus who knows, maybe he's just Jeff green, but like, <laughs> or is he, you know, you know, contributor on deep playoff run fingers crossed title. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's one of the favorite people that we like talking about in, in, in regards to like sports in general. And I think that they were, there's a Orlando magic posted thing on Instagram today about like first career bass, like, they said like buckets, but first career points in the NBA for the the first year players of, of last night with Franz and uh, Wagner and Jalen Suggs, but then also the first the first guys with um, RJ and Cole and Chuma, and then I think they showed I think they showed Mo Bamba in there as well, but he had been a little bit. But and I think Isaac was in the post too. I really should have just watched all of it and said it the, the right way the first time, but. <laughs> uh, but no, but they, and, and, and in that Instagram thing, they show like Chumo Kiki and like that, that corner, like knockdown three. And he was, he's such a consistent shooter. He plays great defense. And I think he's one of the most underrated people on our team. And, and, and I think he was someone who kind of redshirted, like, I mean, literally he didn't kind of like he did, like he did not play his entire rookie season. He tore his ACL in, in, in March madness against Carolina when he was at Auburn. 
And he was someone who was a, a very big recruit and was highly ranked coming into like that perspective draft class, uh, bef- like when the, at the beginning of the college basketball season, and he got hurt. And he, we were in a situation team wise that we could afford maybe whoever we drafted did not play right away because of the status of that current team. We were a playoff team. And now that he's going to be a core member of what that is and continuously get better. And there's, there's a lot of, for, for the games that he did play, he wasn't necessarily the healthiest player on the team last year, but when he did play, it was, it was legit. And it's, it's, it's definitely one of the brightest spots on our team. And it's, I'm glad that we have him. It'll be yeah. interesting to see if uh, Jamal Mosley's got any tricks up his sleeve. It might be tough to know if he's any good or not first year coach with not a particularly good team, but yeah, I think we have a log jam situation at the guard position, but I I'm worried that at some point we're going to Terrence Ross is going to get dealt and he's one of my favorite guys on the team, but it's something that I accepted that I thought it was going to happen last year. And then I thought it was going to happen around the draft and didn't happen yet. But the, the veterans of, of Robin Lopez, each one more getting the second stint with the magic and then Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, I think that those are pretty much like a cool group of guys. I know that Michael Carter Williams is a big kind of leadership kind of person. He's bounced around and had success. I mean, the man won rookie of the year, but I think that how the magic look right now and how the magic are going to look three to five years from now, it's going to be a team that we're proud of. Please. Funny you mentioned Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> they could release him tomorrow. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, leadership. Come on. He definitely is someone that, um, I think has a more vocal presence in the locker room than, than people would think, but we'll see what happens. I mean, he, he's not healthy right now, but I'm sure at some point he'll, he'll come back and he'll get some minutes. But, uh, if he doesn't, he doesn't, if he does, he does. Damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an either, or it's an up or down situation, but it's science. I, it's up. I can't, it's not for me to decide. Let's, let's do one little, NBA prediction, and then we'll we'll wrap it up with the Braves to to wrap up the episode. But uh, who do you think wins the title, NBA Finals? God, anybody but Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> that's not true. There's a lot of teams I would hate to win. Do you think the like? Do you think the Lakers? Who do I win? want to win? Or who yeah. I think who, who do you want to win? And then we can do both. Who do you want to win? Who do you think? Who do you think is going to win? Oh, the Nuggets want to win. Joker killing them. <laughs> I mean, I know you don't want Aaron Gordon to like have happiness anywhere else in his life, but. <laughs> Obviously, the Joker winning one would just be great. Uh, yeah, I wish Jamal was healthy. I mean, I've heard he could be healthy by the end of the season, but we'll see about that. And then, who do I think is going to win? Brooklyn. <laughs> God, the team that yeah. has Kevin Durant on it is who I think is going to win. And as long as he has one other healthy superstar with him running through that playoffs, he'll be I think fine. They're going to do just that. I think they're going to run through the playoffs. Yeah, I I think that. I agree with you. I would love it to be Brooklyn and the Lakers in the finals, but Denver's a fun team to watch. I know all, all Aaron Gordon nonsense aside, like they are a fun team to watch. I think if, if they just paid Michael, Michael Porter jr. Aaron Gordon got an extension. Uh, it just sucks because Jamal Murray is a fun guy to watch. And he's obviously very, very good. And he got hurt. Like he tore whatever his ACL or his Achilles, whatever it was within like, less than a minute left in the game. And it was a game that was close against golden state, but like it wasn't a one possession game. So obviously that situation, he would have been in the game to begin with. It wasn't like, why is this guy in the game? But he is someone who is such a big part of that team. But then Jokic basically like there was proof that he could basically do it on his own. And if the other core guys on that team, like if, if Porter jr and Aaron Gordon can be consistent and, 
whoever's running the ship right now, if it's like Campanazzo and Austin Rivers and whoever else is splitting time there, like that's just a really fun team to watch. And it starts with, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's Jokic, man. It, he's just, he's great. Yeah. One more thing about the Brooklyn Nets. And I think we've talked about this before for a team that's stuffed with three max superstars and stuff. A lot of good players in that team. And I'm not talking about people like LaMarcus friggin Aldridge and you know, some of the retreads, Blake Griffin, whatever, he's fine. But some of those guys, Joe Harris, obviously, Bruce Brown's of the world, like they've got way more good players than teams like that usually have. Yeah, I agree. Uh, another thing to kind of round out basketball is when we were, when we, when we did uh, schools out with uh, for the season two finale of the show, we talked about Ben Simmons. And I said that Ben Simmons was going to be on Philadelphia when it came to opening night, which ended up being true. Um, my cousin, your brother, Ryan said there was no way I forget what you said, but it's not important now, <laughs> but, uh, Daryl Morey said today that this is something that is not, this is be ready for the long haul. This is something that's not going to get fixed overnight, basically. So, yeah, uh, I, it'll be interesting to kind of see when, or when he starts playing, would, will he play games for Philadelphia this season? I have a hard time believing that he would get traded here in the next month or so. So I, I feel like he will eventually play for Philadelphia. I think that all nonsense and, and, and BS aside that he kind of gets the media or maybe kind of actions and things that we've seen um, so far between training camp and then the season beginning. I like Ben Simmons. I, I think Ben Simmons is a really good player. I think he's one of the most viable players in the NBA. If he could have a little bit of like a mid range jumper or he would willingly take shots, I think he'd be one of the most valuable players in the NBA period. Um, and that would be like unanimous, but uh, it, it looks like the relationship with MB is is borderline non-existent at this point doc rivers does not have a good relationship it is not pure magic in regards to, to that friendship or that working relationship but i mean tobias tobias harris is there he's doing his job dan green's doing his job Thibels, i mean had a really good season and he's back this year so we'll see what happens. and then drummond is getting all the rebounds in the world so i mean god bless that man but <laughs> what do you think about ben simmons uh well he's got no leverage like it's no surprise he hasn't been moved he just he tried to big time the league trying to show he's a superstar by being like i'm the one demanding a trade it's like you're not demanding a trade if they would trade you to anybody right for a good enough deal like they're trying to trade you you screwed yourself by outing yourself and dropping the value making it less likely a deal is going to get done but i just want to know when they had because today as we're recording this there was a meeting between ben simmons the pretty much the gm daryl morey the head coach and like the leadership and stuff like that i just want to know if there was a moment in time during that meeting that daryl morey you know squatted down like real close to ben simmons face and was just like i went head to head with the chinese government i don't give a damn about you right (laughs) you are not pushing me to trade you right 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 Oh God. Welcome to Burger King. How can I help you? I'll get that. Great. It's like, uh, where do I go? (laughs) The only road you're on to me, (laughs) but (laughs) no, I, I, you're so right. I mean, it's just like, God, man, it's, it's hard to uh, like, I understand how passionate Philly sports fans are. I know that uh, like the, the, the best team right now, uh, not saying, not, not talking about the Phillies, but I know the Eagles are not like the favorite to win their division. Like, Philadelphia last year was they were number one in the East, right? 
like that that is a team right now that is like has championship a- ambitions and if if Ben Simmons were to buy in and and just kind of get past the fact that the season ended last year in a way they didn't want it to end it i just think like Jason Kelsey said today is like if if he just kind of plays well like Philly will embrace him and i just don't think that Ben Simmons wants to wants to put the work into that so he should come on live on set and we'll talk it out man yeah. one little one, i'm run, i'm one retweet away from this thing going big time Telling Ben Simmons, like, just play well, I don't think that advice is going to work on someone who people have been telling for five years, just shoot. <laughs> and he absolutely refuses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he refuses. That's You're so right. Someone so with right. the uh, confidence to just, like, come to practice, walk right out, you know, be a clear, deliberate cancer to try and get yourself out of your situation. But you don't have the self-confidence to shoot a damn three-pointer and you're a world-class athlete right handles the basketball most days of your life right and whatever i mean true it's true he's, he's got a lot of problems going on right now <clears throat> not wrong but no always fun talking basketball always talking always fun talking sports in general but before i wrap things up let's talk braves right now it's 3-1 we've heard this story before with the same team at around the same time and uh, when we're done recording this, I think game five would have already started. But uh, I think the one thing that impresses me the most is that we're one win away from going to the World Series from the first time since we would have been like uh, two or three. But uh, when they won. But my thing is this. Ozuna and Acuna were huge parts, huge parts of the team last year. And right now we get zero production from them because one's in trouble off the field. and The other guy is hurt. And I think that we've had people that have had the opportunities to play. We've made some deals. But the fact that we are in this position, we're one win away from going to the World Series. We have field players right now that are playing the best baseball they've ever played. But we're doing it without like a dominant pitcher. And I think that that is the one thing that if we, if we end up beating the Dodgers, and even if we go to the World Series, even if we lose, we get swept, it doesn't matter. Like we're doing it where – any of the pitchers that are on our team right now might not be considered the ace anywhere else, especially the teams that are currently remaining in the playoffs. Every other team right now has like an ace that people who are not from that city or a fan of that team know who that is based on like, like how good of a pitcher it is. Like Scherzer is, is, is amazing. Like arguably the best pitcher on the Dodgers can't even play because he's in trouble Bauer. The second best is hurt. Yeah, the second best is hurt. I guess now with Scherzer. Right, right. The Astros have depth for days, and so do the Red Sox. And uh, so let's talk Braves. What what are you you proud of? What are you excited about? And then we'll we'll go from there. Um, It is just weird that growing up as a Braves fan, they've been pretty much good almost our entire life, save a few years. This is not one of the best Braves teams at all. (laughs) At all. Not even close. And yet they're a game away. Yep. Not to jinx it because they blew to the Dodgers last year, obviously. But right, um, yeah, no, they're just as much of a ragtag group as you can find at this point. I mean, but obviously Azuna going down crazy, and then um, Acuna are going down is crazy. But bringing in the guys like Adam Duvall, who's always been a streaky hitter his entire career, you take a shot on him, and what do you get? He goes on a friggin' hot streak. Right. Time he's on the Braves and he's right. in the playoffs. Right. Eddie Rosario. Um, not particularly a hot streak guy, but just a guy who's like just hums along at being like kind of pretty, kind of good. 
and you get the best stretch. I mean, he's about to be, if the Braves, sorry, knock him out again. If the Braves win tonight or just win this series at all, Eddie Rosario is going to be the friggin' MVP of the NLCS. Right. Who would have ever predicted something like that? I don't think he's played in the National League until a couple months ago. Right. And then, obviously, our Lord and Savior, Austin Riley, is our new favorite player. Amen. He's a goddamn American hero. Right. But, I mean, it's a fun team. And the whole ragtag part of it, going up against the Dodgers, you know, essentially taking the – at this point, have they taken the thing from the Yankees of being the evil empire? I mean, I mean they might as well. It's, it's getting the Yankees close. are about to lose it. It's getting close. They can't have but it forever. There aren't a lot of players that are on the the Dodgers. Maybe like the villain for them for me, no, just because see, of, it's not even a villain. It's, it's not even a villain. Empire. It's yeah, an empire. It's but an empire. Whatever. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I just did get a bleach that Freddie hit a home run in the two run bomb in the first. But oh uh, my god, it's it's it's. it's <laughs> Oh man. But no, I mean like the Dodgers, I don't have an issue with the team. I mean, obviously their payroll is insane. Like Mookie Betts, I don't have a problem with at all. Bellinger, I'm cool with. Um, I mean, Seeger is a Bellinger man. hits one more big home run against the Braves. He's absolutely dead to me. Right. Well, that that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Play well against any any other team, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I think one thing that stands out about the Braves is the bottom line is like they're fun to watch and you can legitimately argue that that like the glue of our team is Freddie and he's done nothing but produce for us and been been great to us very similar to for those who are religious listeners of the show here we talked about in Brennan's first appearance in episode three in Kawhi we trust uh nearing 100 plays live on set how lucky of a fan base the Dallas Mavericks were because they got Luca when when Dirk was on his way out right Freddie kind of took the reins when Chipper was gone. We had one year that was kind of iffy. It was not a full reboot and that was not a full rebuild. I mean, we've been right back at it, but the fact that we're doing this with our best player, Acuna not even playing and, and he was our leadoff guy. And, and then look at like the, the, the person that arguably had the best year, not really arguably, I think the stats wise would prove it is Ozzy Albies. Like other than Robinson Cano, how, look at how many second basemen are hitting that many home runs, right? Switch hitter, small guy, I mean, he'll never he'll never replace the love that we had for Rafael for call in regards to the, the infield love of our lifetimes. But he is someone that he just kind of holds it down. Dansby's playing great. Freddie is amazing. Darno is great. We talked about Austin Riley, how he could be the best player that's ever played any sport ever. But the fact that our outfield as currently constructed was not the plan going forward and they've done nothing but produce. They're just fun to watch, man. That's all it is. They're, they're just fun and, to watch. And for new guys putting the outfield together, got to – Got to give a nod to Jock Peterson. Sure. You knew he was all in when he dyed his hair like that. Of course. And he's done nothing but back it up. Pearl necklace. He's getting revenge against the team he used to be on. He's hitting home runs, pinch hit from Milwaukee. He's been playing well the entire postseason, and and hopefully that that, uh, will continue. But, yeah, I mean, no, it's exciting to watch. I mean, when we're done recording here. I'm going to get back into the Excel spreadsheet for my full-time gig and fight, continue to fight for my life, but I'll have the Braves on in the background. And I'm looking forward to see how things end tonight. If there's another game, hopefully not, but if there is, we'll see what happens, but we are in LA right now, uh, taking on the Dodgers and, and we'll see what happens. But, um, in how every episode ends before I close it, I, I always ask the guests on the show of, of what they're looking forward to. It could be anything in the world, pop culture related. So that time of the show, has come. So Brendan, what are you looking forward to right now? I, this episode has been amazing as always, but what are you looking forward to anything pop culture related, anything in the world? And then 
the floor is yours, and then I'll close this out. Mm, anything in the world. That's a good one. Well, let's just take it to my recent favorite show, or at least since I was last on, Peaky Blinders. I hope you've got a few fans out there. You have to. It's amazing. But of course. There's not been much announced about what's coming next. We know there is more, but we don't know when exactly it's coming. Can't wait to hear about that. It should be around New Year's. Um, but then, obviously, getting into November, football, things like that, Thanksgiving, my birthday, best time of year. Of course. Um, and then, really, I think, doesn't Spider-Man come out soon? Spider-Man is December. Eternals is the first uh, week of uh, November, which well, is great. Get but- a couple of those going. Yeah, Dune Dune came out today for those who have HBO Max, even though I'd prefer it if you guys saw it in a theater. James Bond came out last week. I saw that. I got to um, uh, talk about that with people coming forward. But yeah, I mean, Peaky Blinders is a great show. I do it where I do like one episode a week. I stopped at the end of the first season because I had other shows that were kind of coming through. Ted Lasso just finished. Only Murders in the Building just finished. So I, I got Succession that's back, but I got room for one more show and I got to choose between Loki and or, or continue to push through with Peaky Blinders. But I know you're a fan of Peaky Blinders. A lot of people have talked to me about it, but I got to get another show that I it can watch. It escalates, man. Yeah, it escalates. I, I, <laughs> Ozark's going to come back in January. So I have a couple of months to find something to kind of add to the plate and continue to watch and and, and find something that uh, has been recommended. And, and, and Ozark and Peaky Blinders, when I posted on Instagram a couple months back, those were the two that were like, you got to watch. So I watched all of Ozark and I got to keep pushing forward with, with Peaky Blinders. For sure. Yeah. So. Oh, one more thing. Hockey's back. Going to Lightning Games. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Taking the fer- take the ferry across the bay. Get a little, you know, sure. wobbly. <laughs> and just watch the bolts go at it. Like, just go for it. Nothing better. Love it. Nothing better than, than having a conversation with you. Thanks for joining me on set for round four. But that's going to do it. Uh, the, the, all, the first all sports episode of season three. Episode 44, License to Jam. That is a wrap for episode 44 of Live on Set, baby. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, Much love always for coming on set and taking the time to join me today. Thank you guys so much for listening so far. If you found this episode the day it dropped, the last Monday of October of 2021, the year our Lord, or if you found it a week down the line, a month down the line, a year down the line, thank you so much for listening. Live on Set the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. We'll see you next week for episode 45. As always, thanks for listening. Much love.